Good morning. Merry Christmas. Well, Brother Dwayne asked me a while back if I'd fill in for him today. And I said, I sure will. Be glad to do it. And I did not realize when I told him I would that I was supposed to be at the Golden Circle uh, slinging ham and potatoes and all that stuff. So my family's there. And I'm here, and then I will be there shortly after. So we'd love to see you uh, there uh, to come and give us a little help down there at the Golden Circle. <clears throat> but this morning... I want to share a message about this time of year. Don't you love it? Amen. I love this time of year. I love Christmas parties. I love Christmas songs. We've heard some today. I love it, you know, and you play them for like a full month. You don't get to hear them for most of the year, and then once Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving's over or there, you're playing Christmas songs, and they're nonstop until the end of the year. But I love it, and I love, you know, who doesn't love Christmas presents? You know, I love that. And one of the things I love is Grandma Peggy. She's not here today. don't know what's going on there, but anyway, I love her fudge. You only get it one time out of the year, and it's only around Christmas time, and you know, she takes great care with that fudge. I always appreciate it. It's in little squares, you know. But, man, it's some good stuff. But I just really, there's so many things about this time of year I love. And at Thanksgiving, we all got together and we talked. To, you know, and I opened up by, you know, telling people how thankful I was that they were there. And I told them two things always happens to me around the holiday season. One, I usually get emotional. And two, I reminisce a lot. I think about the past holidays and all these memories just come flooding in. And so it's just a wonderful time of year, and I love it. But one of my most favorite things about Christmas is the decorations. I love Christmas decorations. I love the ones we put on our Christmas trees. I love the, the decorations that we put out in the yard and on the house. You know, I've kind of gotten carried away this year. If you've been past my house, you'll see the front yard and the side yard. It's all lit up. And I normally do white lights. But this year I decided I was going to go all multicolor. And I'm loving it. Every time I pull in the drive, you know, it brings joy to me, so I hope it's bringing joy to others. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians, especially as Christians. But I love Christmas decorations, and I love the ones outside, and I, you know, I really love Christmas lights, and that's where I come up with today's message title, Beautiful Lights. You see it on the front of your bulletin there. But I love the beautiful lights that we see this time of year. And I can tell you this, many people and some Christians say that there is no biblical reason 
to decorate our houses or hang Christmas lights. Now, I'll just have to tell you this morning, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with those people. <laughs> Christmas for Christians, listen, this is one of our holidays. This is one of our holidays, and the other, you know what it is, it's Easter. And so this time of year, Christmas time, Christ must, we should be excited. We should be, a better word, joyous. We should be a joyous people. Not just this time of year, but throughout the year. Because we have good news. We have good news to share. And one of the ways to share it is by bringing attention to it. And beautiful lights or Christmas lights, I believe, is one of the ways we can announce to our friends, to our uh, family, to our neighborhood that we believe. You're going to hear from me today an encouragement that you go and you go to Walmart and you buy you some lights and you hang them up and you, you, know, you have fun this time of year with Christmas lights and decorations. You be joyous while you're doing it. And so today I want to look at four places in the Bible that talks about beautiful lights. And the first place we're going to be is in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And we're going to hear about the shepherds. And it says, In the same region shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. And then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Verse 11, today a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord, was born for you. There in verse 9 it says that the angel of the Lord stood before them and then here's this beautiful light number one I want to talk about. The, the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And if we read on, verse 13 it says, Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel uh, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. I'm telling you, I'm jealous of the shepherds. I wish I would have been there that night. You know how amazing this is? An angel appears, and then something wonderful happens. The glory of God. It says, shown all around them. I'm telling you, that is a beautiful light. 
There is only one way to describe that, and that is a glorious light, a beautiful light. And listen, uh, for a moment, the nighttime turned to day. This beautiful light, and I love this, this beautiful light, this beautiful light called the glory of God pierced the darkness. This light was unlike anything the world has ever seen. It was beautiful. Verse 10, it says that the angel said, I proclaim to you good news of great joy. The Messiah has come. This Christmas... Listen now, church. We, you and I, we have great news of great joy. We have great news of great joy and we need to be proclaiming it. We need to be teaching it. And we need to be showing it by the way we live. In John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. You know it. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him, I love that word, everyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. And then verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This is good news. That's the gospel right there in a nutshell. In 16 and 17, God loves this world. God loves you. Verse 16, simply put, just says God loves you and he gave his son for you. And that Jesus was sent to save you and me. I'm thankful for that. I want to look at another place in the word this morning that talks about a beautiful light, and this will be beautiful light number two. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and then 9 and 11. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived unexpectedly in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. If we go over to verse 9, it says this, After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen in the east. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed beyond measure. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east. Beautiful light number two. And listen, this star was an amazing 
thing. And you can get online and you can Google, and I asked Brother Dwayne what he thought the star was. And you know there's all kinds of debate about it. You can look it up for yourself. And I told the first service, and I'll tell you, I want to keep it pretty simple today. This was a beautiful light created by our Heavenly Father God to indicate that the Savior has come into the world. And it wasn't simple, but it was amazing, and it was beautiful, and it was a light like any other light that the earth has ever seen, and its beauty pierced the night sky. It is a beautiful light. It was a beautiful light. In verse 9, it said there that the beautiful star appeared to the wise men again, and it led them to the house where the boy Jesus was. And I love what it says in verse 10. They were overjoyed beyond measure. They were overjoyed. The wise men, when they saw when the star appeared to them a second time, they could not contain their joy. They were overjoyed beyond measure. And then, you know, they were jumping for joy, if you will. In verse 11, it says that they fell to their knees and they worshipped him. When was the last time you was overwhelmed with joy? Because you knew the Lord, you know the Lord. When was the overtime you were overwhelmed with joy for the Lord? And you fell to your knees and worshipped him. The wise men, they saw a boy, Jesus. And they knew who he was. And they fell and they worshipped. And they gave him gifts fit for a king of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'll listen, church, the light from the glory of God in the field with the shepherds and the light from the beautiful star, it pierced the darkness of the night, proclaiming the Savior of the world has come. Amen. I'm telling you, it was good news for them back then, and it's good news for us today. Amen. It's good news for us today and all of mankind. I want you to know something else. That day, the shepherds and the wise men, they weren't the only ones to see the glory of God that night. I guarantee you the devil noticed. I guarantee you the devil noticed and he began to get a plan together instantly when he saw the star and when he saw the glory of God shining all around the shepherds in the field, the devil began to organize a plan to kill, to destroy Jesus. We hear about it when we hear that King Herod had all the boys put to death from age two and down. That was the devil at work. I want to look at a third light today. We find it in John chapter 8, verse 12. 
a third beautiful light. John chapter 8, verse 12, and this is Jesus speaking, and this is what he says. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says that I am the light of the world and anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Listen, God sent his son to earth to bring light into the darkness. God sent his son to this earth to bring light into the darkness of a fallen or a sinful world. God sent his son to bring life everlasting to anyone who believes in him. God sent his son to bring life everlasting. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save you and me from our sins. So I have a question for you this morning. Do you have a personal relationship With the light of life. Do you have a personal relationship with this beautiful light of life today. Known as Jesus Christ. Boy I sure hope you do. I'm beginning to discover that my time is running out. But you know what I know the Lord. So if I walk out here and I fall over dead. I'm going to heaven. Can you say that? I'm telling you, God loves you. He sent his son for you. If you do have a personal relationship with the light of life, Jesus Christ, then you should know the fourth light that I want to talk about today. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you should know this fourth light, and that light is you. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and verse 16, Jesus again speaking, and he says this, In verse 14, you are the light of the world. Jesus proclaimed that he was the light of the world, and if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then you too are the light of the world. And this is what he says in verse 16. Let your light shine before men. So they may see your good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. I'm telling you, this is this time of year, especially this time of year, uh, as Christians, our light should be shining bright. Our light should be shining bright. And and so what does a brightly shining Christ-like light look like? Well, 
It's a light filled with love. The light, what you radiate, boys, when you go to school, is it a loving light? The light that we radiate, especially this time of year when we decorate and put up all these lights and do, you know, we promote the Lord. Uh, does the light that we put out as Christ followers, uh, is it a joyous light? I love that word, joy. We've heard this before. It's kind of cute. J stands for Jesus. O stands for others. Y stands for yourself. You know, some people would say to me, Jeremy, if you knew my life, you wouldn't be joyful. Well, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to tell you this. If you would get that order put in your life right, Jesus first, others second, yourself last, you would have a more joyful life. I'm working on that one. And the more and more I put Jesus first, the more and more I experience joy. Amen. The light that you guys radiate as Christians, is it filled with love? Is it filled with joy? Is it filled with peace? Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, Live peaceably with all. Oh, this Christmas, this Christmas, everywhere we go as Christ followers, we should be radiating love and joy. We should be peacemakers. We shouldn't be troublemakers. We shouldn't be stirring the pot. We shouldn't be complaining because we didn't get the right present. A Christ-like light looks like this. It's filled with patience. Oh, you get out there in the hustle and bustle of the holiday shopping. Are you patient? You know, people are watching. People are watching. And, and we should just radiate this Christ-like light as Christ followers everywhere we go. We are to be a beautiful light in our world. People, when they see us and when they hear us, they should see Jesus. How about your light? How's it shining? Is it filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness? Faithfulness as Christians, it is important to be faithful to God. It's one thing to believe in Him, it's another to be faithful. How's your life? Is it filled with gentleness and self control? You know, that's four lights that we've talked about that comes from the Word. One, the glory of God shining in the field, declaring the Savior of the world has come.
to the light, shining and declaring to the wise men that the Messiah has come. Three, Jesus himself saying that I am the light of the world. And the fourth beautiful light is you and me. So go ahead. Go ahead and put out some Christmas lights and some decorations. I encourage you. Go to Walmart, get out a $10 bill, get you some lights, put them around the door, put them around the windows, put them on a tree, whatever you want to do, if it's just a candle in the window. Put it out. And remember why you're doing it. Because the light of the world, Jesus Christ, has come. Amen. Show the world that you believe in him. Show the world that you believe that God sent his son to be born of a virgin. And that he lived a perfect, sinless life. Show the world that you believe that he went to a cross for you and the sins that you commit. Show the world by putting up lights and decorating and, and being joyous this time of year that you know that Jesus didn't stay dead. That on the third day he rose. Victorious over death. And that he has ascended and he currently sits at the right hand of God interceding for you and for me. Show the world that this holiday, this Christmas. And let them know that you believe or that you believe that you know he's coming back. Go ahead, put them lights up, decorate the tree, do it all, and let the world know that you believe that God loves the world in this way, that he sent his one and only son to save us. And church, final statement for the day. Let the most beautiful light you put out this year be yours your personal light. Let the most beautiful light you put out, you radiate, you shine, this Christmas be yours. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never had a point in your life where you've asked him to come into your heart we're fixing to have our time of invitation. That's where we invite you to come forward and say, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. I need him in my life. I cannot do it on my own anymore. If that describes you, Brother Brent will be standing right down front here, and we would love to have you come forward to where he could pray with you. You know, 
I always talk about rededicating your life because it's something that I did back in 2012. And if you've wandered away from the Lord, I highly recommend a rededication. Rededicate your life to serving Him. And just find out, just test Him to see how much more joy you will have in your life. Whatever decision needs to be made, when Trey leads us through this song, I pray that you come forward. And you know what? We're going to open up the altar. It's always open. And I told the first service, when I go around to churches and I fill in, we always open it up. And no one ever comes. It's really kind of sad. Because we have a reason to be on our knees in thanksgiving to God. We have multiple reasons. So whatever your heart is telling you to do right now, I pray you do it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for an opportunity to share your word. Father, I thank you for Dorisville, for it being a place where we can come and worship. Father, I thank you for every person that's here. And Father, I pray that you speak to their hearts and their minds. Help them to remember that this time of year, their light, especially this time of year, their light needs to be shining brightly so others may see Jesus. Father, we pray now that if anyone here needs to make a decision, that you would speak to them through the way of the Holy Spirit. We love you, Father, and above everything, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name I pray. Amen. <coughs>